Right, we're back with Villaincast with Chris Paynes, and this is Reap the Week uh, with Ohefe and the Villain. Uh, I think we're on episode eight of the podcasts now, um, which is goddamn amazing. I'm amazed that we've actually had enough content and guests to even get this far. Yep. But, dude, amazing. Anyway, Flow. Shout out to the sponsors first. Um, still don't have any. <laughs> this, this, I need to, I need to like add to this. It's a joke. It's like there's a, the amount of uh, <laughs> podcasts out there that do have them, and they spend the first ten minutes going through their sponsors. Yeah, I felt left out. It's um, sad. So, actually, as always, thank you to the Patreon. Um, they do keep the lights on. I think possibly they keep the lights on the microphone at least. Um, <laughs> Oh, there is, uh, because this has already been mentioned, uh, we are looking at actually releasing some uh, merch in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know, right? So please uh, keep an eye on that for merchandise. Um, Right, so this podcast is one we do every week, myself and Naki, and we take questions off the Discord channel. There's a link to that in the description. Please click on it if you want to join the discussion, ask questions. Uh, I do read it. Um, I read pretty much all of it. I might not comment all the time, but I love the the discussion that's happening and the, the growth that's happening in that. And Naki's always on it, right? Replying yeah. to everything. Um, <laughs> uh, so I asked the question, what do you guys want to know? Um, and I'm going to ignore it initially because I have other things I want to talk about. So I, can, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast um with reap the week uh it wasn't the one with johnny book uh, although definitely go check that one out um is a hoot uh, yeah yeah that's a good episode that is i enjoyed it yeah same yeah same i love doing it i love just talking to johnny in general um so one thing i think i touched on in the last episode of naki was the idea of a competition mindset so what we do for like competition prep um and there's always uh I will link into this as well, if I can. Um, my good friend, Josh McKinney, who was on one of the other podcasts I did the other week, he has done a um, little episode on competition prep, so definitely go check that out. I'm going to try and add to what he said with some of my competition prep. I know Naki's competed a bit uh, as well. Um, I have competed on Grapple Fest, which is the... Uh, event run by Chris Thompson. It has had decent names on it. We have had uh, Craig Jones appear on it and um, Tess Denise uh, Imanari, I think, was on it as well. Uh, it's nuts that he's managed to get these names across and yeah. somehow I managed Big to get on it as well. Uh, and Naki and another one of our guys, Henry, who has since yeah. left us. Uh, not because he's just a blue belt. He, he left to go to Iceland. Um, <laughs> so Competition mindset. Uh, I've competed hundreds of times, hundreds of times over the years. Uh, and fear, fear, I'm not sure. Maybe fear is the word. Um, stress, uh, anxiety, all those, I don't know, like competition um, pre, like walk on the mat blues. Uh, I've always tried to find a way of like dealing with that. 
And the way I eventually settled on, I think that's what made Naki laugh last week because he remembers like, <laughs> how I do it, is I don't actually change my uh, prep in the gym prior. Um, maybe, I don't know, keep myself healthy, so tapping earlier to submissions. I don't want to break anything prior to competing. Um, obviously, make sure my you know diet is good. Uh, I'll get more into that in a minute. I had a really cool discussion with all my students the other day. Um, ex-boxer um on this very subject uh and what i want to focus on is actually what i do prior to walking on the mats um this is i think what made naki laugh is because he's <laughs> been there supporting me when i've actually done this uh i don't warm up um i don't uh drill random things prior um I might listen to a bit of music i usually do uh but one thing I, I definitely do is have a nap. Like, I just go to sleep. Um, so I, I find out when I'm supposed to be competing. Um, get a rough time frame for that. Uh, I then go find a corner, uh, put my hood up, and I fall asleep. Um, uh, <laughs> I know. And it's like, instead of building my... like, If you've been awake that day, you're probably warm. And if I was to say to you, um go roll like mm. walk in just go like do a bit of a stretch and go roll you probably would do it um so why is it you go for this insane warm-up routine prior to a competition it doesn't really make much sense apart from the fact that you're just going to be like stressing yourself out in a weird way um so instead, I just nap. I know if I've moved around that day, I'm my my I'm not going to tear anything. Um, it's all mental preparation. You're physically capable if you regularly roll. Um, so then I have my nap, and then wake up, and I have a little notepad with me, and I write down my hopes and dreams. <laughs> so no, it's it's kind of I I, I take what's in my control. Yeah, um, I, I love it when you explain that to me, and I was like, wow. But yeah, I, so I understand like, it. I understand it. Exactly. It's kind of like it changes the mindset away from um, dealing with what they're going to do and moves over to imposing what you want to do. Uh, one thing, actually, before I carry on, Naki, do I keep cutting out? No. Does it sound pretty like static? Like, yeah. Because yeah. on my side, it might just be my headphones are being a bit shit then. Um, anyway, yeah. So I write down my hopes and dreams. I, I write down what I want to do, not what I want to not let them do it just changes the mindset entirely so focusing on what's out of my control i move things into what i want to do and look at it from a positive way i want to do this i am going to do this and i write it in my little journal notepad whatever um i then <laughs> put on some music that i could dance to like everyone has their walkout music and it's supposed to like psych you up and that's like i remember we had dan strauss um Hopefully, actually, I should have Dan Strauss uh, appearing on a podcast in the next uh, couple of weeks. So I'm going to hopefully talk to him a bit more about this. But he came to our gym and did a seminar, and I asked him what well, it was asked of him. Um, what did you do to prepare for competitions? And he mentioned something about becoming the Raspberry Ape um, and this like different persona. And that's something that I've then kind of taken uh, on board is before I walk on, uh, I, I try and enter this kind of mindset of a asshole 
I, I just, I want to play. And so I listen to music that makes me want to play. Um, and all that, it's like, it's taken out so much of the stress. And that's all I ever care about is taking out the stress pre-fight. My, I'm physically capable if I've been rolling and I'm healthy and I haven't cut too much weight. Um, so what's the problem? And it's, you know, people have asked this question, like, you know, well, what are you, you know, you're not worried about injury because you roll in the gym to the death. You're black out, you have your, your limbs broken. So that's not an issue. Um, you're not worried about uh, necessarily what people think of you, really, because like your you know your your gym family will still be there afterwards. So it's just a nonsensical thing that happens to you. Like, do you feel like you're standing standing in the world is going to go down or something? And uh, you know things feel out of your control. Maybe that's it. But I try and then limit that. And after hundred two hundred times of stepping on and, and competing that seems to be the most healthy way I've, I've managed to to take this um and one last part before i let naki jump in with his thoughts um i'm speaking to this this xbox student of mine and he was saying that just before hopefully he listens to this hey brad um <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the idea that well he was saying that before he retired from boxing he was just taking any fight like even if he was just like getting his head kicked in. Um, and this actually then kind of steps on to how McGregor said he'd have like, I think it was McGregor, he said like have he, how he had like reckless nights before some fights or like John Jones would. John Jones, yeah. John Jones would get wrecked before some of his big fights or even uh, the recent one with Paulo Costa said like getting drunk on wine um, before his, <laughs> his biggest fight of uh, Izzy. And... Yeah, that's on the main stage, and that's obviously huge. But you know, can that be on a lower level as well? And I think it is because I did something similar. I wasn't going out and getting wrecked. I always took the fight seriously, but I take any open weight fight. So even at purple belt, I was opening, I was entering like nogi black belt open weight divisions, mostly because there wasn't many people around in the north to compete with, but also just because if I lost, well, who cares? I was a small underdog. You know, two mm. belts down and, and three or four weight category, categories too small. But if I won, well, I was the king. And that's something that, that this, this student of mine was saying, was that he was taking any of these fights and just like going for it because if he uh, lost, or well, who cares? He took a fight on a couple of days' notice and the ones he shouldn't have taken. Yeah. Uh, but if he won, then he was the king. And I always find that the fights I did my worst in were the ones where it was the most fair um mm. that was the ones where i had the most stress because that was the ones where i couldn't say um i was unhealthy or anything because I, I took it fight so i couldn't say i was the smaller one or the lower belt or anything because those weren't excuses so if it was if it was a failure it was a failure on me and so that's why i had to come up with these different management techniques uh to try and get rid of the stress another way but in my mm. earlier days like middle of the road like purple belt competing i just take any fight any 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 size any belt just because if i lost who cared like smaller guy um so i don't know how that shapes into advice uh yeah i think competition prep and all this uh it's a it's 
it's a personal one, isn't it? Because everybody's different. Um, yeah. But I think it's a process. You have to find yourself. Um, and I think uh, there's no right answer. I think it's what you find yourself that works. Uh, and think, it comes through it. Definite techniques. Because um, I was reading a lot of like how uh, like American footballers and people like that, will, mm. like prep and stuff like that. So I've got, I think I've got some of the ideas off, off that. Mm. I think that... Um, that's all like this listen to to like Donald Cerrone. Um he was always a good one for like listening to because he always like he like his biggest fight, like he's obviously world class, like ass kicker. Um, mm. but his biggest fights are the ones he, he kind of like um stuffs it. Like he he panics and mm. he has his worst one. So there's definitely like the ones where he thinks he's gonna win, he does better in. Yeah. Um Carry on. I, I yeah. In. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, but for me, like it was a process which I had to find because I used to do these crazy, you know, crazy warm ups that I didn't used to do in the gym. And just on a competition day, I was like, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that, because you know it was just inexperience. Um, and then, you know, as it carried on, and the more fights that I had at Blue Belt, and moving on from that, um, I just went into the like. You know, because obviously I've seen you, saw you compete, and I was like chilled out. And I was just doing what I go, what I do when I go to the gym and warm up. And I was just doing my little stretches and little mobility stuff. And that's what I started doing for my fights. And I was, you know, I was doing all right. And I'm like, I'm happy with this. You know, I'm I'm getting some performance here. You know, I'm uh, got stuff to work on. And I didn't have the problem where when I started, where I was, you know, always getting uh, anxious and you know didn't have to control the nerves. That was the main thing. Uh, I mean, I remember my first fight, uh, you know, uh, in Guy as well. Um, and I, my mouth went dry, man. I was like, fuck, I've, I haven't experienced this before. I'm like, yo, like, you know, you fight in the street, it'd be a bit different. But it's like, you, you're you looking at the man there, the ref calling you on, calling you on. And you're like, you're going to fight in a second. I'm like, oh, this is going to happen. Um, and I couldn't, I don't know, I just couldn't uh, process it, but... It was a weird one. Can you remember what happened in my first fight, Chris? Or not? Um, in Gi. Didn't you, didn't you win that competition? Yeah, I won it. But I got a bronze in Gi and gold in no Gi. But that was it, my, yeah. my first fight, the guy went for like a, a single leg and I jumped into his knee. Um, I don't know why or how it happened, but it was like 10 seconds in and like the medic's calling, oh, medic, can you remember that picture? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. yeah. And that was my first fight. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? You know what I mean? Um, so that was a bit weird one for me. But um, then after that, the competitions that I did after that at White Belt, um, I was still doing the crazy, you know, warm-up that I wasn't doing. And then I was starting matches, not feeling myself. Because um, it was something different to what I wouldn't do in the gym. And going back to what you were saying. Um, so what I found now is that I just do what I would usually do when I go to the gym because then it's no different you know what I mean and that if you're thinking about worried about injury or worried about getting limbs broken that happens in the gym you know what I mean we've experienced that you know any experienced com competitor has got some sort of a little niggle here and there nobody's uh, injury free no exactly um, well so, it's one thing that I started to do was that I like I try and associate the the the, the happy times the best roles I'd have in the gym like I'd have actually like there'd be songs that like you know I'd listen to my shit on yeah and I'd make sure I listen to those songs I couldn't have them as my warm like walkout songs because like yeah you make my dreams come true by Hall and Oates isn't a great <laughs> walkout song so I'd have something on like you know 
to 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 make it look like I was. Serious. You've seen it when when I roll and still Drake comes on. That's it. You're dancing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Like, so I'd, I'd make sure I'd listen to those songs because then I was like in that mindset of like I was att- attaching the two things together. Um, so it was like just being back in the gym. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually, speaking of, like, I think that's one thing that uh, again helped you. This this it was we actually did a. I was curious, like maybe it was about six, seven years ago. I, was, I did a test. Where it, was, it was before your time. It was before we, we kind of grew as a gym. Mm. And there were, there were people who like, were more experienced and people who were less experienced. And mm. whenever someone more experienced rolled with someone they thought they could be, they'd bring out their A game. Yeah. Um, but when they thought they were like, you know, that's when they rolled at their absolute best, do their best moves like best movement and be like fluid and all this kind of stuff but the second i just put them with someone who is uh they perceived as better yeah they like went into their shell like yeah even before like you know the, the other person didn't have to do anything i didn't have to um you know even move yeah like, just literally sit on the floor and that person would automatically go into their shell like that's how like much fear would take over them that like their transitions would be sloppy and everything like that yeah and so that kind of goes back to uh, it was it was it was kind of a fun thing with you is that because you've always just been like a, a killer in the gym like you know you've got this like local legend status where no one enjoys rolling with you at any belt and you've had that <laughs> since you're like a high white belt you're like, you're making me sound like this bad guy what you do chris because <laughs> it's because like you move you move like a silverback and it's goddamn terrifying. Like when you get going, like I, I'd rather step in front of a bus than, than <laughs> carry on our role. Um, but you've had that for a long time. I remember you competing at, at, at role models in Stoke. Yeah. And the way you danced on that blue belt, like you, you like, harassed that kid. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was because like you, you again, just thought he was of a lesser species. Um, <laughs> Nah, and man, so you, I've you always had this, I, I've grown up like, it's Stoke, man, you know, it was not yeah, yeah. being, it's, if people don't know Stoke, it's like, uh, it's, it's good little city, but it's very uh, deprived, <laughs> and uh, a bit. there's a, a lot of racism, well, it had a lot of racism, but over the years, it get, got better, um, and I went to predominantly, uh, I went to a Catholic school, and, uh, you know, it was predominantly white, like, our first the first year sevens that went in, it was our group who was about 13, 14 of us. Um, and, you know, we had to go through shit, you know what I mean? And uh, we, we, I've, I'm not, uh, like I said before, I'm not a saint. I've done things and I've had fights on the street and it's different. Um, but I've always been intrigued with fighting. Like, I think it was always in me, like, uh, from a young age and I wanted to pursue it. I always wanted to, like, learn to fight. Um uh, and I knew like what it happens on the street and what's pro- what the professionals do is completely different. You know what I mean? And I wanted to learn it uh, in that way. Um, so I'd never, I'd never would stand in front of one in someone and think, oh, he's better than me. You know what I mean? Because I've already lost in my head. It's a mm. psychological thing, I think. Um, and like you said, I think when people go into that shell, I, I would put myself in a shell probably and not perform like I should. Um, and I think as I as I've progressed through my uh, uh, career in jujitsu, um, I've learned how to like read now. Uh, and you know, remember when you were talking about entering the matrix and stuff. And since you've said that, I've always now always thinking about that now. Where it's not always, you know, 
it's a mind game. It's a mental game. You know, you got to slow down. You got to think about things. Um, so I try to do that a lot now, and it's it's working out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to crack uh, on. You've definitely, you've, you've definitely come on more. Like you know, you since I've known you, but I just like, I remember the, the first inklings of that, like when you, you had those early fights, and I've, I have to put that video somewhere of like you what you did to that blue belt. You literally surfed him across the floor. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't want to, but I was like. Can you remember that was my first competition back after when I tore my ear? Can you remember? Yes, I remember, yeah. Because you were, yeah, you were so smashing I, that kid until your ear almost came off. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, man, just let me carry on. I don't want to get DQ'd. I've got a gold medal on the line here, bro. And he DQ'd me. I would have carried on, man, you know, if you just taped my ear. Um, yeah, but, star pitch. but yeah, anyway, uh, so I, I was like, it was like, I think I competed about six or seven months later. And I was like, this is my first competition, you know, what's going to happen? Because I had that fear in the back of my mind. So I didn't want to take any chances. So I just flipped. I thought, I'm not going to mess around anymore. And I just went for it, man. And I think since I've had that attitude, I'm like very confident competing now. Like, you know, I'm mm. all right. Whereas before I used to be like, I used to find things or try and find things, you know, that would help me to, you know, calm down a bit. But now it's like, just do your thing, you know, and switching to that alter ego. You know what I mean? Like, I've got to flip this switch now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually, like... Um, and this I kind of think goes into uh, like creating this alternate persona kind of thing in in relation to when you have you know people who go out and get you know excuses uh, yeah. before their um, big events like you know going out and getting wrecked or or whatever it is um, generating a different persona it's like you didn't lose like in your head if you if you could be so strong with that it's like you didn't lose it was the persona that lost because yeah. like you have a stage act and it's a stage act fucks up like who cares it was a stage act that fucked up so you can kind of disassociate the two things in your head yeah. um so it's one thing I, I'm, I'm currently playing with but obviously uh limited in that due <laughs> to uh uh the rona but it's one thing actually i remember doing just prior to like everything going nuts so i was in israel in tel aviv it was the first time i went over and i was with charles harriet uh listen to that podcast if anyone's listening um and so literally about a day before i was due to fly out to israel to teach a seminar octopus uh, bgj academy tel aviv they said oh it's the it's the israeli national championships or something oh yeah um, that was a crazy story <laughs> so i uh i was like oh cool and they said, yeah, we've got a few guys competing. I'm like, awesome. And they went, yeah, yeah, you, we've, we've booked you a super fight. Cool. Who against? <laughs> oh, is, is an Israeli black belt. It's like one of the most well-known Israeli uh, MMA fighters. I was like, oh, cool. Um, awesome. <laughs> so I flew <laughs> over and like, you know, I think I had a day out there. I'm supposed to be teaching a seminar and it was on this defensive BJJ and, and I, you know, the worst thing to do is to go over and do a seminar and then get wiped out uh, before you teach defensive <laughs> BJJ ideas. Um, but, and these guys, you know, these guys didn't know me. It was like, you know, Charles like vouched for me and stuff. Uh, it turns out this is like the main event of like the <laughs> whole thing. Um, and so I, uh, <laughs> I, um, did my thing so i i i you know got there and you know with shaul and inat and and uh, i i went for a nap and i'd never you know i'd never been in a, a place that hit, had like 40 degree heat for christ's sake i'm from england 
uh, but it's like 40 degrees and it's, you know, loads of people I don't know in a place I'm not familiar with. And also I'm the main event, you know, Charles has just fought and now Charles's fight was hilarious. Like he was like giving this kid grief for like 15 minutes or however long it was. And just before the, the, the fight, like Charles is, is lovely. Um, but he was saying, you know, what can I do? And I was like, don't reap. They <laughs> don't look like they're into reaping here. <laughs> and so we went for this whole thing and then literally like, like he's like up on points. He's been smoking this poor guy. And then about, I don't know, five seconds before the win, it was literally that stupid, like five mm. seconds, he reaps and gets DQ'd. Wow. Like, For God's sake, Charles. He did that uh, on purpose, I'm sure. And he was so sad afterwards. He like flipped off at the referee and I was like, this is, this is so funny. Oh um, man, how What made it worse that? Is, that, is that like there was a big trophy at the end. So when I won mine, like spoilers, uh, he was like, oh man, then we're going to get a trophy. <laughs> Um, but then my fight came up so it was like the main event like you know i was this foreign invader in in israel and they uh you know i was i went for my my, my pre-fight nap and apparently they were looking for me like you know how fuck's chris like <laughs> like oh yeah he's, he's behind those bleachers over there having a nap and they're like what he's supposed to be fighting isn't he going to warm up no no he just wants to have a sleep so i, I literally woke up walked down to the mats and fought this dude and i i you know put this persona on i remember at one point there's like a video on my instagram of like me like getting like a kimura grip and then just looking at the side of the mats just laughing yeah <laughs> my persona is an asshole um i am an asshole but i make more of an asshole when i do this um <laughs> and i you know they start laughing as well it was like a lot of fun and I, I think i tapped him again because of this part of me that's a dickhead as i tapped him with with side control pressure into his ribs um and they're like, what the hell did he beat him with? Like, you just crushed him. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that was at play. You know, at no point did I feel zapped, you know, despite the circumstances, you know, I should yeah. feel something. There was no zapping or anything like that. It's like, it wasn't an experience in the sense of I've just done enough fights that I don't get scared anymore. Like, if you don't mm -hmm. get scared, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. But it was more the management techniques and that, that inflicting this persona on the poor guy um, just, felt, just felt easy just felt mm. like it was a regular role in the gym um and so uh, if anyone's like listen to any of this like take some of these ideas like you know i can kind of vouch for them and i'd love to hear different competitors if you want to go into the discord channel and add your own ideas i'd love to hear this because it's obviously such a big yeah. part of jujitsu and it's such a hard part of jujitsu to kind of get over i mean i think i remember telling you when you first started competing knack like you can go 45 minutes in the gym you can you can roll like a motherfucker yeah but you will get dry mouth your arms and legs yeah. will die forearms man boon yeah you your your jujitsu knowledge will regress yeah. by about 90 percent like to about you know two or three years before where you are currently at um <laughs> i was actually <laughs> i'm gonna put him under the bus here uh i did have one student years ago we used to fought in like staffordshire open so it was like a really small local competition and he goes he keeps going into guard and the guy was like big on Kimuras in the gym anyway. It's like known for them. He keeps going into guard and keeps going for the same Kimura and the same arm on this dude. Like he just locks his full guard up and just keeps going with the same Kimura. And the guy's like, like stop going for the Kimura. Like, <laughs> I know what you're going for. And he was like, ha ha. Well, the other eight times hasn't worked, but this time you won't see the Kimura. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like, looking at the ref like i need to run on i think one of my students is having a breakdown i think he's having some sort of like stroke or something like he's he's not well i need to go help him because he keeps going for the same technique 
<laughs> so this idea that your brain like your technique regresses like yeah he he hit just like this horrible little wall that he just got to like stuck in like groundhog day and this one mm. technique from the same position um kind of killed that one so hopefully people take some out of it but that kind of leads me nicely onto we had a question on the discord mm. kind of nice how this kind of fits in in um how to like tire someone out like <laughs> is there stuff you can do to tire someone out it seems like an odd question but i've actually got like a decent ish i don't know i don't know if anything i say is decent response to what he's asked and this kind of goes into the competition mindset again yeah and i'm going to give away the family secrets right now uh right, so anyone who's listening like avert your ears um <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so I remember being at that role models competition, a small local competition in, in Staffordshire. And I remember watching the blue belts try and kill each other. I remember watching these two blue belts go balls to the wall, like throwing the most insane, like mounted arm bars and stuff like that. And They'd go for it, their back would hit the floor, and the other person would just like escape, spring up because of these little wank blue belts, and like they'd pass the guard, get him out, and then this other kid would go for an arm bar, something stupid like that, and he'd, he'd fuck up his technique. And it was so backwards and forwards, it was like mental to watch, but mind numbing at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what I kind of realized, so I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, uh, me and Naki spoke about this prior to us uh, starting to record this, is there is a logic to the point system in jujitsu. I know it's decried a lot and people are like erring more towards submission only and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but there is a, a logic to it. I think Danaher or someone much more important than me said it is you imagine from a fight perspective, I'm pretty sure it was down here. Um, you take someone down, you've taken them into the world of jiu-jitsu. Why do you take people down? It's because you limit their uh, athleticism. And that's why jiu-jitsu works. That's why we fight on the ground, because you've taken away their ability to move. Um, once you've taken them, so that's two points. Once you've taken them down, you, hadn't have, you then have to get past their legs which is the most dangerous part of a human body. Even though I've taken you down, you can still kick me and do an awful lot of damage. So passing the guard, passing the legs, is worth three points because you have passed the most important part of their body. You then go through a hierarchy of controls that allow you to punch them in the face. Side control is worth nothing because you can't really uh, punch them that well. Neon belly, semi-okay um, base to start wailing on them uh two points four points amount of rim out because you can just go to town on them um so there is a logic to the point system obviously you know no points for reversals or anything like that which okay it, maybe it is to punish wrestlers but you know if you reverse someone um into like from side control to side control you both you're still in a position where you can't punch them mm. so you're going to get your points when you start doing uh more punchy based positions um and that's why you don't really get points for being on your back apart from sweeping because you then use your legs to take them into a place where you can now start punching them again effectively um so that's like the semi-logic i think to the point system um so how does that work then when it comes to 
uh, tiring people out. Um, it's like muscle recruitment. In, yeah. If you, the reason that that put like you know if you lose on points, I like the idea that you know people say, oh yeah, but I lost on points. I'm sure I'd win eventually <laughs> with a submission. Well, in a points like system, if you apply that kind of logic, you know, forgetting the idea of advantages, um, you would have been punched more. In theory, the person who with more points yeah. delivered more punches, um, and so being on top. You know, jujitsu uh, teaches the idea of being on top, being the guy on top. You know, we have great guard, but be the guy on top. That's where the majority of the points come from because that's where you deliver the most punches. But also you make the other person carry you. And I think that's the important part about tiring people out. Yeah. Is that it's way, way easier to be the guy on top. You do not have to be, like, carrying another person and getting exhausted because your muscle recruitment yeah. is a lot less. We know we are built, we are bipedal, Um and we you know we are efficient of moving on our legs. We are not very efficient moving on our backs. Yep. Even playing like if I ask you to keep guard like on your own for two like three minutes, your abs and your hip flexors will die, and you will hate me forever. Uh, and that's not even being affected. But yeah, I'll ask you to stand upright for two minutes. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and so this idea of tying people out. If your idea to tie someone out is from the bottom you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like core jujitsu uh, philosophy, be the guy on top. Our point system works in that way. Um, fighting wise, you do a lot more damage to the guy on top. If you're allowed to hit them, MMA wise, etc. There's always outlying shit like people getting submitted from the bottom and yeah. hit from the bottom. By and large, don't be on your back. Yeah. Um, I mean, last night there was a prime example uh, in Islam Makachev versus Drew Drober. Did you watch it? I haven't yet, no. You can oh, spoil man. it. I know they, uh, like, we'll put that oh, out there man. now, like, spoilers. I'm sure Naki will spoil oh, this fight. Man. So please oh, man. leave for a couple of minutes before he uh, <laughs> asks to you. Well, this could oh, be like, man. you know, listen to in the future and it doesn't matter anymore. Come yeah. on, dude. It's happened. So, you know, people know anyway. <laughs> they must have gone onto Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, man, it was like, it's Khabib, man. Like, he just took him down and just being, he was on top. That's all he was. And he von flewed him from half guard. Oh, man, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Like, his head was underneath his arm and, like, it wasn't even a proper arm triangle. Like, and from yeah. half guard. And he, if you look at his back, well, my, he was massive. And he was just, it, I think, I think mentally, Dober was done as well because of the amount of pressure he was putting on him in rounds one and two. Um, you could just see him like a minute before, like when he takes him down and you can see it in Doba's face, like, oh, mate, I've had enough now. And he just, yeah. when he gets that half attempt at the submission, I don't even think he was going for it. I think he was just pressuring him to get past. And I think Doba just tapped. He's like, I've had enough of this now. Yeah. Um, and go straight into that. He was like, the guy on top. Khabib was always the guy on top. You know, it's, it's been proven. Well, exactly. That's why wrestlers, you know, in jiu-jitsu when they've learned how to guard pass are so miserable oh, to yeah. roll with because as good as our bottom game is and reversals and you know regard regarding and stuff like that it is way more muscle recruitment and the yeah. more muscle recruitment you have the more tired you're going to be it's a fact like if you're on top you don't have to do much like you can relax and just lie on top of someone in a good place yeah and exhaust them tire them um, exhaust one of the, the main things you have to learn in jiu-jitsu is how to fight from the bottom in a way that 
you find, you know, going to, to Preet's uh, wording here, trenches that you can just be comfortable in and be comfortable in misery. So you're not burning your muscles out constantly at a constant pace. You find the right timing to, to use correct, maybe minor explosive or major explosive movements to uh, reverse the, the, the points process, as in you go back to a guard or something and, and uh, go from there. Um, I mean, the whole idea of jiu-jitsu is to be less energy intensive from the bottom. That's why we don't do big bridges and stuff. That's why we have a regard. Mm. Um, but it's all always been about be the guy on top. Like you know, if you're even from a guard perspective, like this idea, you can ment- maybe mentally tire someone out and make them make more mistakes. But physically, you know, if you're on your back playing guard and someone's on top in in either open guard or something, yeah, they're the person who is in more danger maybe because you are inflicting control points on them but you're still the guy on the bottom like you're still your muscle recruitment is a lot more than theirs is yeah it's still gonna be way more exhausting they can like stall and you'd still probably get more tired (laughs) um and this kind of like you know when i said about giving away the family secrets i know i kind of uh left that one so going back to these blue belts I remember saying, I remember I probably said this to you. I know I've said this to you in the gym before, but I remember saying it to Abbas. And uh, anyone who listened to this, like, Abbas is one of my students. He is phenomenally violent, um, <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, and after watching these blue belts, I kind of a, a good ponder. And I thought, right then, taking the point, taking into consideration the points aspect, taking into consideration uh, muscle recruitment and tiredness. Um, I, change, I said to him, when you, you know, I don't care what you do in the gym, explore. Jiu-jitsu is fun. But if you want to win competition, do not do anything that requires you to put your back on the floor at all. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, mate, because I know what's coming. I remember that. I was watching that. Yeah, dude. And so I said to him, like, you know, I don't care if it's the most sound submission in the world. Like, okay, submission only competitions and no time limits. Cool. Let's go for leg locks and go crazy and play guard submissions. <laughs> but in a IBJJF regular ruling kind of competition I prefer this kind of mentality do not do a single submission if you want to win that requires you to put your back on the floor even if it's the most sweet looking S mount armbar that's about to arrive don't do it because if you fuck up you are on your back and now you're in guard and the only thing that's going to save you from losing points is them not passing you have to get your sweep or a submission. That's energy intensive. So mm-hmm. if they spin from the bottom of the mount, you let them. You take their back. If you have their back and they spin again, you let them. You take mount again. <laughs> because it's the most horrible feeling in the world to get someone's back, end up on your back, and they slip your foot or slip your grip or something, and they turn around and you're back in guard. Um and so I said, all right, I just want you to stay on top. Just whatever you like, go, like get mount, work for mount, work for this dominant position uh, mentality um, and go for cross uh, X chokes, uh, cross guard or whatever. Um, hmm. if, if at any point he bridges, you release your choke and you return to your choke. Like, because then you, what have you lost? Position before submission. Um, everyone says this. And it was like, it was like, especially as a, as a white belt who just loved hurting people, uh, this idea of position before submission was like 
what are these like Brazilian jiu-jitsu people talking about? Like that's boring. <laughs> but it started to make a way more sense to me at like brown belt level. As in, if you uh, don't have a good position back uh, behind your submission attempt and you fuck up your submission, you've lost everything. Yeah. You should be able to find positions where if you do your submission and it goes wrong, you can return to your position because you have not lost anything. You have not lost uh, your muscle recruitment or anything like that. You are still in a um, position to go back to what you just attempted. Um, whereas if you give up your position to go for a submission and you fuck your submission, you've given up everything. And now it's you're going to get tired. Yeah, it's mentally draining as well, ain't it? Not just physically, but mentally as well. Well, that's the problem. Like, okay, so say uh, you are, um, you know, you uh, you did a wicked takedown, uh, and you are, uh, you got, you know, you, you you got two points for the takedown, three points for the guard pass, uh, so you're at five, uh, and then you get mount, you're at nine. Yeah. Okay. This person then looks cross and like, ah, oh, motherfucker, like they they uh, look at the. Um, scorecard you know it's one minute in they're nine points down and they're under you they're getting tired now their muscle recruitment's a lot higher and the defense submissions yeah. and it's just mentally draining as well to see that you're already down on points and then you in your uh, stupidity think cool i'm gonna go for this cool armbar. it's gonna look awesome on instagram afterwards mm. um you fluff it you now end up in guard they pass your guard now it's nine three now they get uh, neon belly, it's uh, nine five, and then they slipped him out. It's now nine nine, and you're the person on bottom. Your muscle is higher. You've given up your points, and you fucked the up the submission. Yeah, and the clock is ticking. Exactly. Now we've only got two and a half minutes left, and so you're going to be panicking more. Your muscle recruitment is going to go higher, and everything just kind of goes out the window. Um, and so. Taking this thing back into uh, like stuff you can just use in the gym, um, you don't have to roll like it's a competition. But having that competition mindset in the gym does help for um, energy expenditure. Not giving up stupid st uh, shit. Not giving up a position to get a submission. You know, because if you fuck it up, you are giving away everything. You are going to get more tired. So keeping this kind of mindset of position before submission. This actually goes really nice into what the last part of this is about one-liners. I always heard position over submission. Didn't know what it meant until that kind of figured out. I think I read it on the inside of one of my geese. Um, <laughs> like it was written as a formula. It might have been like a 93 brand gi. And that was the moment I suddenly went, oh, I get jujitsu now. <laughs> um, how to leave a review like, you know, out of, out of everything I ever learned via videos, this gi helped me the most of understanding jujitsu. <laughs> Position for submission. <laughs> I read the inside of a gear and it fixed. Before you carry on, though, aren't you going to tell them what happened in that, that fight, that Abbasi's fight, the one you oh, won? Yeah, man. Like he won like twenty-seven nil and still choked the guy, didn't he? Yeah, then. Like oh, the, mate, the guy was just miserable. spinning on the bottom, and Abbas was just like retaking the position every single time, and he won yeah. like that. That dude was like broken as a human being by the end of that because I think he just had oh. Abbas ride him for like five and a half minutes yeah. and then got choked anyway. Like he was like definitely. Like, the point, the point spread was like not fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that giving that mindset, and I think that as well, like you know, because one of our uh, earlier problems as, as a as a gym 
I think before we actually started incorporating this kind of mentality, is that we'd we'd either win on submission or lose on points. That's yeah, the only way that's went. the only way we were losing points. Exactly, I think that was probably the reasons that I wasn't pushing this kind of mentality of no, you you go on top. Like I don't care. Like you are just the man on top, because that's the only place really in jujitsu you can actually earn points anyway. Yeah, uh, it's also the place that you you have less muscle recruitment. Uh, and you do not go for any submission that requires you to have your back on the floor. Submission only, couldn't care less. Like, go nuts. <laughs> like, if you've got good uh, pacing uh, and you you can, uh, and self-management and uh, good um, cardio control, and like, you know, like going back to the competition mindset so earlier, like you can control your fear really well. No, go nuts. Like, choose whatever position you want. Have fun. Yeah. Um, but if you are white belt, blue belt, purple belt, you still have competition nerves uh i say stick to this like you'll you'll find more happiness here because you know everyone just wants a medal photo why i'm not entirely sure it looks good on instagram maybe um and that's way better than than going for the slick arm bar and fucking it and failing and then not getting a medal at all uh go nuts in the gym do whatever makes you happy but in competition the thing that makes you happy is having that medal at the end so stick to a decent game plan and that's usually a good game plan um yeah bass like smoke that poor guy like, that was mm-hmm. that was unfair it was <laughs> um i think brian did the same as well like so brian is a, a girl oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah like she she's an, uh, a gymnast and so she her her mind body connection is, is is outstanding as it is and like I remember it was a, it was a first competition. And it was like I was pretty much just living through her. It was like it was like her being a puppet. I was like, Brianie, put your right hand here. <laughs> and this poor girl on the bottom's like looking at me, me like, this isn't fair. I'm. She fine was a blue belt, wasn't she? That girl. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. Brianie's first competition. She invented the open weight blue belt absolute. And uh, you know, I think I was a brown belt at the time. And I was like, you know, Brianie, put your hand here. <laughs> And there it would go. And this poor girl's looking at me thinking, like, I'm fighting a, a, a physical specimen being piloted by a brown belt. Like, not coached, piloted. And <laughs> this girl is, is crushing. This isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, she just, she, again, it was just that same mentality. She was just bang on top, keeping on top, just crushing constantly. And those, those poor girls were getting hammered. Yeah, she won. She got gold, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Blue belt, absolute in the first competition as a white belt. Um, yeah. Not fair. Uh, <laughs> um, so the final part then. Uh, one line is actually no. Actually, uh, well, so what are your thoughts on that? Because I know because um, going back to this idea of muscle recruitment and tiredness, because I know whenever we roll, um, I do like playing guard with you. Uh, yeah, is that why you are more explosive? when I pass your guard because you do not like me being on top at all yeah yeah yeah. I want to be on top always because I when I roll with you I try to have my uh, competition kind of game I, w- I always work my competition game when I play with, like, when, we, when we roll like I'm always working on things that I would do in competition obviously with other guys you know I always play but with you I told you the other week I said if you know before COVID we were like rolling and I was like I can't play you know because you're catching me. I'm like, I can't play. I have to go competition, you know, pace and 
play a game that I would play in competition. So, you know, when I'm on the bottom and when you start passing, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to get back. <laughs> I don't want to let him play because if he starts playing, then it's going to be a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like the, the, um, the thing about it is that, you know, I, I'm the exact same in that whenever you get close to, to passing my guard, like I, I would rather fight hard <laughs> for like, 10 seconds to not let you get any sort of dominant position then allow you to settle and then me have to carry you for an un- unknown amount of time because <laughs> like holy hell especially again like the way you move it's just it's just miserable and i i regret teaching you pressure was the stupidest thing i ever taught you because like, now i'm getting the brunt of it um and yeah, it goes back to that whole competition kind of mindset is that I'd rather have, you know, five seconds of, of holy shit guard retention trying to stop you than four minutes of carrying you inside control and mount. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I think this idea of like having philosophical com- uh, one-liners that we're about to go on to um, definitely wasn't a one-liner, but definitely something to take away from this. Like that is a, I, I'd say that's quite a useful uh, training tool to have in the bank like the problem with jujitsu is that you know it's all i had this talk with josh on the podcast is that with the rise of tiktok or instagram or tickstagram or whatever it's called <laughs> um like the, the the minus one minute clips of, and people just want to see that the mad shit like they want to see that the and I guess we've always been like that, you know, when Eddie Bravo arrived and Twisters arrived and everyone's like, God damn cool. And now it's just kind of condensed more into this like nuggets of insanity that people want to pull out. And there's like, you know, positions gone completely out the window because they're upside down um, with their like right hand up their own arsehole and the left leg up their arsehole. And who knows what the fuck is happening? Um but yeah, okay, jujitsu is fun in the gym and I love doing that stuff as much as anyone. Like uh going into onto my head and then chasing someone whilst on my head in a headstand is fun for me. Um but there is no way in God's earth I'd be doing that in a points-based competition that mattered. <laughs> like um yeah, don't like have a competition what competition have an idea what competition means yeah like not not like in the sense of like go hard like in in your roles but you know just just the 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 correct kind of positioning to be the correct places to be this this position over submission mindset uh i think it's critical um so finally then uh because we have been chuntering on this one dude i am like sorry can i say one last thing though because yeah, <laughs> uh, as you were saying so i remember something because i know there's a lot of this thing at the moment where uh there's instructions i believe now as well of mindset and stuff where people are talking about mindset um and i don't know how people feel about that but i i it's i think it's your own journey it's, you got to experience you got to walk through the fire and figure yourself out and have your game rather than i know listening to other people will probably you'll incorporate things that they've done and they might work for you but I think you got to walk through the fire and you'll come out at the end of the tunnel, you find yourself. Um, and I think if people can start, maybe that's what, that's what's worked for me. And I think that's what's worked for you as well. I, I, th- I think Chris and, you know, it's maybe not a universal thing. It's just uh, find it yourself. 
But it's like a coachability thing. I think this kind of stress stretches across to like most aspects of life is that we are the worst at taking advice. Yeah. Like, you know, say if like, you know, I don't know, you've, uh, imagine you, you know, you have, you're in a, in a bad relationship or something like, you, you, you know, your mate says to you like, dude, get out of it. Like, you'd be saying the same thing to them in their situation, <laughs> but you know, you're not going to listen to them. Yeah. Like, um, even though you know it's the right thing, like they're like, I know you were the crazy person or something. Like, <laughs> we are the worst at taking our own advice. Like, it's, it's you know, if, if you're having a fucking. Yeah, you always want the other person's opinion, don't you? Or what they think. Yeah. Like, Which isn't know, always so, a bad thing, but I think when it's something so personal, I think, you know. Yeah. It like, it's, it's a coachability across your life, as in how much can yeah. you, can you, uh, step out your own ass and and look at yourself in the third person and actually apply things correctly. Self-reflection. Um, yeah, so as much as I... And I think physically, it's easier to do. It's easier to be coached physically and actually do things, but mentally coached, like, it's so yeah. damn hard. And so being able to say to these things, like, I know, half these things that we send this podcast, like, that, especially this episode of, like, competition mindset, like, do this, like, it's... Comp- like, training someone mentally is is, like, there's no way that someone's going to take everything I've just said and just like incorporate it. Like it's so hard. It's, it's a definite skill to be able to have your mind coached um, to do the correct thing as much as you can be physically coached. Um, that the, the two are very different. Mm. Uh, but that's, I don't know, maybe too deep for today. Yeah. Um, one-liners, one-liners. Yeah, one-liners, one-liners. Uh, so this is like the final part uh, from the Discord that was asked, um, what? conceptual one-liners like nuggets like bang could could we give out the would make someone better now um which is kind of funny actually i know i've just been ragging on the idea of like people want things condensed down into one minute (laughs) uh, and not long form um here we are but i think there's definitely some some benefit to it especially if it's the right in like content yeah um so uh, I'll let you go first. Like one liner that you could like bang, give out. Someone's going to like turn around to us tomorrow and say, I'm better at jujitsu now. To break a, a joint that you want, you got to control the one below and above. Yeah, that's that's quite a cool one. Um, so I know someone on the Discord mentioned like the, the Gordon and uh, Craig Jones fight. And that was it, wasn't it? Yes, yes. I remember the, watching that. It was in the quintet. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, no, like EBI won't it. EBI. EBI. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because they went to the, the armbar thing. Um, yeah. And so and like, people are on about Gordon's triangle armbar thing. So, and, and Preet's armbar defense. And this is kind of the crystal thing that kind of got me with, with Preet's armbar defense is that most people, when they, when they get an armbar and people are flat on their back, is they kind of lock up their own joints because you're laying flat on your back, and so you're just thinking about your elbow. Um, so the other person's got hold of your wrist. Like that has been isolated, uh, and they have you yourself by not moving or maybe holding onto your own hand and staying where you are is 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 isolating your own shoulder. Uh, and then because those two joints are isolated um, above and below the the one that is going to be destroyed, your elbow, you're now in a submission. Yeah. Yeah. If we if you watch Preet's armbar defense. Um, Definitely go find YouTube on that, uh, wherever it may be, or defensive BJJ. It's definitely going to be in there. Yeah. Um, he shows how to free the shoulder. And if you can free the shoulder, you can manipulate yourself into a way that no longer the armbar will work. So that's why hitchhikers work and then Preet's armbar defense works. 
Um, and so just, uh, yeah, exactly. Take that away. Because the amount of like mad arm bars out of nowhere that I've generated, not like traditional looking arm bars of like lying on your back with my feet over your head, mm. um, but just like, I don't know, uh, just grabbing hold of like, like putting my knee across someone's shoulder, pinning their wrist down and then like pulling on the back of their elbow. Yeah. Arm bar. That's an arm bar. Um, I've just applied the concept, uh, but also at the same same time, be very mindful when playing this game. Have good training partners that you trust. Yeah, uh, get stuck in like uh, get stuck into submissions, and then see if you can actually move one of those joints. Like, have they fully controlled the other joint? And you, it's weird. You probably find they haven't. And if you can move that joint, does that allow you to actually escape the submission? Um, probably would again have training parts that you trust that aren't going to just like go snap snap on your arm or leg or shoulder but yeah move um it's what it's why uh most submissions work it's like you know why kimura's work you know kimura is a shoulder lock what do you need to move it's either elbow or far shoulder and that's the two things that get controlled so remove one of them um yeah yeah i think that one i know i kind of stretched that one out uh, explain that one liner but yeah definitely above and below the one you want is is core jujitsu knowledge cool, yeah um my one actually um, when this was kind of asked, I was like, this one instantly came into my head when I was trying to ponder it. Um, I remember, I think it was just as I started jujitsu, grappling, submission wrestling, whatever I refer to what I do is, um, back in 2000, early 2009-ish, late 2008. Mm. I was on the Bullshido forums, if you've ever been on them. I've um, heard of them, but I've never been on one. So Bullshido is, they were like uh, people who hunted down um, ridiculous martial art gyms and like you know cool kind of showed them for the for the for the nonsense that they are that's, that's a good bullshido, idea you know kind of a plan bushido and bullshit yeah. uh and they're kind of talking about bjj and this question came up you know 11 12 years ago and the question was you know what do you wish you knew what one line do you wish you knew now uh do you wish you knew back when you started jiu-jitsu that you now know mm. and one of them was attackers delete space and defenders create space mm. um, and that was always a big one for me is that you know i kind of started to understand it more you know the whole positional stuff and defensive stuff that kind of moved into is that when if you're uh, the move you are attempting be it transitional or whatever or, or growing a position on someone is even from the bottom um is i'm trying if i'm attacking i'm taking space from you i'm taking it all from you um and the more i take away from you the better my attack normally is going to be um if i'm defending i'm trying to create space i'm trying to limit your control over me that allows me to then create as much space as possible to to get out of that situation um and so that kind of made my shrimping better. Uh, again, I keep mentioning this like every week. I can't wait to get in the gym and show this goddamn thing that I've been working on. <laughs> oh my God. But my shrimping got better and um, my framing got better. And uh, again, my, my tax got better. You know, I, I, I'd make sure that there was no space taken away. And was it in this I gave the homework at one point? Was it last week? About Yeah, last week, yeah. Exactly. And this kind of marries into it as in, um, 
you know, your attacks will get better if you can stick to their armpits more, especially in the transitions. Um, yeah, so it's a perfect little one lines that kind of made more yeah, sense yeah. over time. Um, definitely want to take away. Your turn. Um, don't let anyone in the space between your armpit and your knees and between your keel and your bum. Butthole. Um, well, butthole, yeah. Fight it, fight it. Right, day one beginner, doesn't know how to fight. Don't know how to fight, don't know how to shrimp. You want to roll. All right, what do you need to do? Don't let them in there. Don't let them in there. Fight till death. <laughs> You'll yeah. probably get submitted, but they will, they're going to have to work 20 times harder to get it. I think, yeah, completely. I think that's, that's, that's cheating. You're coming out of that one. <laughs> that's more obscure like, that I'm not known for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're trying to we're trying to get it across, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Low hanging fruit there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think especially if you have anyone join your gym, and that I think that's probably the most important time to actually give this bit of information out, is because. I think we've had people at our gym like rock up like and they're like four strike white belts and stuff and yeah. they've come in lost like they have no idea what the fuck they're supposed to do um, you know they're, they're over it's kind of like again it's this, this horrible little habit of jujitsu compared actually this is actually one of the things that I know I rag on traditional martial arts a, a <laughs> fair amount um, this is one of the parts where I think they have it more correct than BJJ and I think BJJ are looking at it from the wrong perspective mm. is that so, again, kind of going away from the one-liner thing here, I think. Uh, so, with traditional martial arts, they have a syllabus and they have a way of giving you the core basics at the very beginning. Um, oh, man, this is going to be lost in a podcast. I may actually make a video of this tomorrow and just put it out there and say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, traditional martial arts. <laughs> I was a bad boy. I'm going to make this video tomorrow. Like, it was going to come up on the website, I promise. <laughs> I'm sure something will get in my way. Uh, mm. So, yeah. Um, they have a method of teaching you the absolute basics, even traditional martial arts. I know I rag on like Aikido and Kung Fu and, and everything else in there, but I think there's a, a slight merit to this as they have, like, this is the absolute basics of our system and we'll work from here. And they have a logical way of, of giving the information out. Um, there's a, a problem with that is that you it's slow to give that information and because of the exam process that those martial arts have before you can go to your next belt um, it doesn't allow people to uh, show flourishes of personality or their personal physicality as in the amount of times when I did traditional martial arts where people would like could do a certain throw like okay but would you need that throw in a fight then you know if you can't you know if you're half the size that I am and in size and weight and you can't throw me with this particular throw, maybe that throw isn't for you right now in this exact circumstance. And that's where Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu definitely has a benefit because you can take what you want and discard the rest. Um, but because of that, because there is no day one really uh, method of, of giving Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu information out, people just land at various points, wherever the, that night's class was and kind of like go from there. And so you do end up having white belts, like, you know, three or four stripes or whatever, if you do stripes, you have no idea what the actual core basics of jujitsu are. They're just kind of like, man, we just, I started from half guard. Now I'm here. 
Um, and so <laughs> having what you've just said about the, the knees to armpit thing, I think is, is us doing our best to actually do what traditional martial arts can do better. Yeah. Is that what core fundamental knowledge can I give a beginner that makes them not so lost? Put your goddamn knees in your goddamn armpits. Yeah. Uh, put your heels in your asshole. Stay like that until you're happy. Um, <laughs> I think if they can, especially like. <laughs> you know, the funny part is most people are going to think we're just chatting shit. They ain't going to believe it. Anything what we're just saying now. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's like. These guys are mad. No, I, if you want to see a, a, a really happy new person who like can roll in their first night and not get murdered, like tell them to stick their knees in their armpits and like huddle themselves up into a ball and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu doesn't work on them. They, 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 it's like, bang, solved. And that automatically like, makes them feel more comfortable. Now they've got a, a rough guess on how to actually um, proceed in this because anytime they get lost, anytime they feel like, like shit's going wrong for them, just ball up. Yeah. You'll be fine. Um, stay balled up, keep your knees... Like keep your knees and your armpits and your elbows and your hips and stay in that kind of hunkered down position, the grilled chicken. Like, go check out my video on defensive, uh, how to defend everything. Like you'll be way happier after this. Um, but yeah, as, as far as one-liners go for like making your jujitsu better, especially for brand new beginners or anyone who has lost like in those early days, like first couple of years of jujitsu, I say that's like the most important one. Definitely yeah. what you just said. Um, Last one. Are you going to go for it or shall I? You go for it. <laughs> Man, that's the problem. It's like, again, pondering it, I, I have like banks of these things um, in my head. But yeah, but when it, it yeah, I know what you mean. Like, where are we? Like, God, I was in the same like situation. That. I know. Um, I don't want to just sit here in silence whilst I, I think. <laughs> don't um, be flat. Don't be flat. Don't be flat. Yeah, that's a big one. And actually that kind of like, because I was, yeah, so don't be flat. Don't be flat. What does don't be flat mean? I'll let you answer that one. What do you think about don't be flat? Don't be flat. Don't let both your shoulders touch the floor at the same time. So, set, you know, no pin. Um, to kind of stretch it out, I'd actually say that, I think I've explained this one before, is that uh, human beings, the way we are designed, our legs don't work so much when we are on the X or the Y axis. So yeah. if you are flat on your back or on your, completely on your side, your legs don't work. You couldn't use your legs to move around. Like you might be able to bridge a little bit, but no one's really good at it. But if you go off, you know, if, you're, if I told you to get up, you automatically go sideways on. One of your, your, your butt cheek and your shoulder will leave the floor before you get upright. You don't just raise up like a zombie, um, like a thriller video zombie. Um, same, um, maybe not so much when you're on your front, but you know, even when you're on your front, like one leg always has to come forward first. Like, mm. you know, we're always on a slight angle when we move at our best. Um, so just like to incorporate, you know, a lot of the, the positions that Preet has, like Running Man and Hawkins, Hawkins 2.0, um, Baby Bridge, all those are based on not being flat. Yeah. You know, wrestling kind of got it right. You know, the, the ultimate... Um, uh, win was getting your opponent to have two, three, four point pins, like, you know, two shoulders, two hips, you know, get as many of those onto the ground as you can. But the second that some of those lift, your ability to move as a human improves. Um, so look up 
definitely those positions because there's there's going to be a lot of information in those kind of videos. Like look up stuff like Vim Deputa and and Preet Mickelson and any wrestler in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, any wrestler in the world, um, they got it right. Uh, yeah, not having uh, and that's okay. Yeah, actually, I think that goes back into where jujitsu can have a problem again because everything we do is like you know teaching depending on where this white belt has landed. This brand new beginner. Like mm-hmm. We taught side control. You all start side control, flatten your like side control defense classes and side control demonstration classes with one person flattening their back. Yeah. And that's where you think you should naturally be to defend this position. You would go and flatten your back. But if you can just make sure that you're always angled, not on the X or the Y axis, make sure you've got a diagonal going on with your body, uh, baby bridging, whatever. Their ability to control you goes way, way down. Like you have so much more fighting chance of getting out. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one. That was nice. Yeah. Um, last one. Uh, there's always a jab to a cross. There's always a cross to a jab. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit that one out. It's a shame I don't have like, this isn't like a radio and I've got like a pad here where I can hit like, you know, like noises. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like, like, <laughs> like a sound of like someone hitting like, you know, like a baseball. Like, oh, it's like, like have you ever seen a fire in the booth in the, at the start when that Charlie <laughs> Sloth does that? thingy <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pad like i'm gonna maybe that's gonna be my my next patreon investment like anyone listen to this if you want me to have like more sound effects like buy merch um but i just have to make them some up in the future until then um <laughs> what was i saying uh yeah jab yeah. cross um yeah don't just have the most obvious game like if all you can do in close guard is posture all you have is a jab like there is a stack. There is, uh, if all you have when someone's on your back uh, is to to stack into them and like try and like push into them, like you have a jab. Like you can run away just as much. You can go away, stand up. That's your cross. And you should be able to play both at the same time. Because the answer, if someone's doing something to you to stop one, it more normally means you can do the other. Like if someone's like breaking your posture in close guard, it means you can stack into them. If you're stacking into someone and they're pushing against you because they don't want to be stacked on, it normally means you can posture. Um, if uh, you are trying to stand up or, and get away, move away from them when someone's on your back, they're usually trying to pull you backwards. So stack into them. Um, if you're trying to uh, shrimp, if someone's just past your guard and they're trying to push your, your shoulder and your knee away uh, to flatten you out, roll away to turtle. Same way, if you're playing with a lot of running man, if you've listened to our stuff before and they try to pull you back, cool, shrimp. Like there's a jab and a cross to everything. Um, and not training both, uh, you are literally taking away 50% of your options and making your game very, very predictable. Yeah. I think because I said that of like no real breaths, uh, that made it a one liner. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think. We're definitely going to come up with more of these. I'm, I'm sure there's loads. Yeah, um, loads. Like some sort of like small book. Um, maybe, maybe. Ah, oh, maybe we can like you know when we do the merch, like maybe we can. Oh yeah, put, yeah. Put I know. Like, <laughs> like how, like how, like the whole position submission thing, like yeah. Fix my jujitsu, like written on the inside of a key. <laughs> maybe. Um, We're giving our secrets away, Chris. <laughs> You've been doing that anyway, but unless they actually incorporate them in whole genders, it doesn't matter anyway.
way, but maybe we can put our secrets in plain sight <laughs> <laughs> on t-shirts. Um, and maybe when people buy them, because the design looks cool, they'll learn some jujitsu at the same time, like I did. Yeah. Um, as, as stupid as that idea is, I actually am interested in it. Like, I'm, I'm, that's, that's me up for the rest of the night now, planning this. Um, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I'm still going to steal our ideas. Maybe I have to cut this part of the podcast. Yeah, um, I am too lazy to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's why this is like so freeform. There's no like edits in this. Yeah, it's just us going for it. Um, I enjoyed that one. Did you? Yeah, man. That was. Oh, well, I've enjoyed every single one. I think it just keeps getting better now. Yeah, it always gets better. But uh, I enjoyed that one. I think that was like that was yeah, good stuff in that one. Yeah, I'll listen back to that one and learn something myself. Um, Maybe. Hopefully, um, I'm going to have a really cool podcast on anyone listening. Uh, I'll be recording it on Wednesday this week, hopefully. Um, This Wednesday or future Wednesday? Unsure. It could be this Wednesday. Um, A really, really cool coach. Uh, Omid, he he teaches down in Cardiff uh, in the UK, uh, Wales. Um, He is like... Talking to him before, uh, reading his articles and stuff like that, he has developed like how Preet has like constructs for defensive jujitsu. Like he, like Omi's done the same for offensive jujitsu, and he has some pretty high-level competitors under his like wing. Um, so anyone listening, that's going to be a really interesting podcast. I'm really excited. I managed to actually, you know, convince him to talk to me for any period of time. So. Uh, definitely check that one out like massively check that one out yeah i'm interested um, in that one i want to listen to what he's got to say <laughs> yeah i'll kind of ponder if like you know how you can like like bcc someone in emails yeah like, carbon copy i wonder if i could put you like a silent partner in that zoom and just like have you sit <laughs> in the background like, like, he wouldn't know you're there but you could just be listening to like yeah that's it give me all this judicious information first yeah um, <laughs> that'd be weird <laughs> It'd be like some sort of FBI thing where you like you I know, know yeah. Like, <laughs> um that's a pleasure, dude. Uh yeah, as always. Thank you to everyone who has listened to this um with whatever uh platform you have you have decided upon. Uh Spotify seems to be the main one right now. How odd. Um Wicked. I know, right? I keep looking at all these stats and like we're getting we're getting like I think we're over like uh despite only having a couple of podcast out at eight now we're over like you know 1200 1500 kind of listeners right now it's just like wow how? we're how growing <laughs> listening to this like, <laughs> go listen to someone important like gordon ryan <laughs> <laughs> <Jump out there. laughs> um awesome uh yeah cheers to that naki that was a pleasure yeah, dude nice one see you soon man see you soon dude Tra-